from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. A lot of kids come out there and want to play, but Ian was focused on uh, learning to race and race fast. Can it be pretty rough and tumble when you've got that many guys on the ice going that fast? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can get a little handsy for sure. If you waste your time kind of fighting for position or, you know, doing things like that, it generally costs yourself a lot of energy. I'm pretty used to racing two in one day. It's just more of just keeping in mind that, you know, it's the Olympic stage, it's obviously bigger, but just staying focused on what the uh, the uh, process goals are. I'm Sarah Fenske. This Thursday, a native of Afton will get on a plane for Beijing. But Ian Quinn isn't just any guy from the St. Louis suburbs. He is an Olympic speed skater, and he's representing Team USA in the Winter Games. What makes this trip even sweeter is that this was his third attempt to make the team, and now he's going for the gold. He joins us now to tell us all about it. Ian Quinn, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Ian, you leave this week. How excited are you right now? I'm really excited. It's been a long road to get to this point and a lot of stress with the uh, current COVID situation, but it seems like everything's going according to plan and we're leaving Thursday, so it's really exciting. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I imagine that COVID situation is just always on your mind. Is the goal now just not to test positive no matter what? Yeah, it seems it's been that way for the past couple weeks since our trials, just trying to stay healthy, kind of quarantining ourselves from the public um, just so we can make sure we can get into the the bubble that's in uh, Beijing. Um, and stay healthy on our trip over there. And so if you were to test positive, God forbid, in the next couple of days, it would all, you wouldn't be able to go? Um, that varies a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There's been athletes that have tested positive, and I think they'll still be able to go. It just, it, the closer and closer you get to your event, the less likely it is you're going to get to go or compete. Okay. So you are, I imagine, seeing nobody at this point that you don't have to actually see. Yeah, basically only seeing my teammates and hanging out with them, and that's it. We pretty much do pick up groceries and hang out at our houses and go to the rink, and that's about it. Hmm. Well, maybe not the most exciting time right now, but man, it's about to get big. So I want to go back to the beginning for you. How did you get started in speed skating? Is there much of a scene here in St. Louis? Yeah, actually, there's a pretty large scene of it for uh, short track. So I do long track currently. I started on short track with gateway speed skating, and there's actually two clubs in St. Louis, uh, Gateway Speed Skating and St. Louis Speed Skating, formerly known as Metro Speed Skating. Um, and when I was eight years old, my parents were just looking for something for me to do um, to let out some energy and stuff. And my uh, godfather, Rich Eswine, he was uh, helping kind of coach, and his sons did speed skating at Gateway. And he's like, well, why don't you come out and try that? And I came out and tried it and really enjoyed it and just kept sticking with it because I love the racing and the, just being out there so much. So our producer, Kayla Drake, she was able to speak on Friday with Russell Owens. This was your coach when you were a child. Um, And and I understand you consider him a pretty key person in keeping that St. Louis scene alive. Uh, So he described for Kayla what it was like watching you cross the finish line at the Olympic trials in Milwaukee in early January. Oh, it'll be exciting. I was was exciting watching his uh, qualifying skate at the Olympic trials two weeks ago. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I had tears in my eyes when he crossed that finish line. And Russell Owens also told our producer this about your earliest days on the ice. 
you know, like most uh, young skaters at that age, uh, he was ankles were bent and his arms were flailing, and uh, he'd he'd fall but get right back up. So uh, uh, at that time, I wasn't sure we had much hope for him. And that again is is Russell Owens. Now he said this about what made you, Ian Quinn, stand out. I think some of the things that really stood out very early on, he picked the sport up quickly in his work ethic. Uh, he, For a young boy, he was very focused. He listened. Uh, he applied what we were teaching him and trained very, very hard. A very dedicated uh, young man. And that's uh, a lot of kids come out there and want to play. But Ian was focused on uh, learning to race and race fast. And that is Russell Owens, who was the childhood speed skating coach of Ian Quinn, who's headed to the Winter Games on Thursday. Ian, when did this switch from a hobby to something that you were really serious about? Um, I mean, I kind of remember it pretty vividly. It was actually at an age group nationals, probably when I was in sixth grade. The year before that, I got to compete in my first age group nationals in short track. Uh, I think it was in Madison, Wisconsin. And I didn't do very well. I fell most races, was just skating off the back of the pack, not really being able to keep up and stuff like that. And then the uh, next year was in Cleveland, Ohio, and in the very first race, which was a seven-lap race, I won it and set an age-group national record in it, and both me and my dad were kind of like, oh, I guess we're a lot better than we thought we were from last year. Yeah, I mean, that's so that's kind that, of amazing. That, that Did that just come out of nowhere, that you went from back of the pack to all of a sudden, like, you're setting a record? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a jump of the year. We really, I mean, we were still kind of new to the sport relatively then, especially to the national racing scene, so we really didn't know what to expect. I was just happy to be at age-group nationals and racing, and I just had a really great race, and we both looked at each other and like, oh, I guess we're in the middle of potentially winning the age group national championship. And, and at that point, then, were people all over you like, man, you got to start getting really serious about this? You know, you got to put in more time. Uh, not really at that age. That came more uh, probably two or three years later. I did well at another age group national competition and stuff, and I got looked at to go up and train at the. Uh, uh, United States Olympic Education Center in Marquette, Michigan, between my uh, eighth grade year in school and my freshman year of high school. Uh, so I went up there that summer with a number of other junior athletes, and we trained with kind of a, a development team up there at the time for the entire summer. Now that's kind of my first exposure to high-level speed skating and really what it looks like at training for the world stage. And so there you were. You're still pretty young at that point. I understand you were a short track, uh, short track skater for the first 10 years you competed. When did you make the switch to what you're doing now? Uh, I switched when I was about 21 years old. So I'm going on my seventh year at long track. So I did it from eight years old to 21 in short track. And then I switched rather to the recently. The first, when I was younger, I really didn't want anything to do with long track. I actually went and tried it once and told my dad I really have no desire to do this. I really want to stick with short track because I like the racing. Um, but eventually with my background being in some cross-country running and track and some endurance sports, I thought, well, maybe I'll switch to long track and get my hand at the 5K and 10K kind of distances. Um, and then eventually the mass start got added to the games and it kind of kind of pulled me back into the racing because I have a somewhat natural ability for that with all my years of short track. Yeah, when you talk about mass start, um, people who haven't watched the Olympics lately, this isn't just like you're competing against the clock. You guys are literally all out there together, 24 athletes on the start line. How does that favor your skills right there? Um, I mean, it really uh, allows me to just use my racing skills and not necessarily have to worry about the uh, uh, clock or what the, the time needs to be. It's just more about whoever's the first person to cross the line and 
Uh, to me, that's a really clear way of racing, and my mind just for some reason really latches onto that, whereas the time trialing side of things, I've still yet to really learn how to do fully, mm-hmm. uh, something I try to continue to work on, but the, the racing just seemed to come natural for me. I figured out how to know, figuring out where I need to be in the pack and when I need to be there. Can it be pretty rough and tumble when you've got that many guys on the ice going that fast? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can get a little handsy for sure sometimes. The women's race is generally a little more uh, handy than the guys' race. The guys are usually moving a bit faster, and if you waste your time kind of fighting for position or, you know, doing things like that, it generally costs yourself a lot of energy. But, yeah, it can it can get a little bit uh, um, pushy, especially whenever the pace is a little bit slower. Well, so as I mentioned earlier, this is now your um, this was your third attempt to make the Olympic team, and you made it, and I understand did amazing in those Olympic trials. What was different for you this year? Um, I mean, I got a new coach uh, three years ago named Gabriel Gerard. Um, he uh, came down and took over the long distance program here, and he made a huge difference in my training. He uh, added a lot of things that I wasn't doing before and stuff, and I think it got me a lot stronger. So with my ability to race and then him getting me the ability to finally have that world-class engine, let's say, um, it really it really took off for me. I think that was a huge change for me. Hmm. Well, it seems exciting. It seems like your, your, your timing is just perfect. This is going to be your year. And yet this all kind of comes down to one day. I understand your semifinal and potentially final race would both be on February 19th. How do you mentally prepare for a day that's that make or break? Yeah, I mean, I try to look at it as any other day. I'm very excited to go compete and stuff, um, and I would obviously love to do my best, and if I can bring home a medal, that would be amazing. Um, but I just try to look at it, what do I need to do to have the most successful race for me that day, um, and try not to focus on what the outcome is. And I'm lucky that the Mass Star, even in the World Cups that we skate year in and year out, is race where you race one uh, in the morning and then one in the afternoon, let's say. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty used to racing two in one day. It's just more of just keeping in mind that, you know, it's the Olympic stage, it's obviously bigger, but just staying focused on what the uh, the uh, process goals are. Well, Ian Quinn, this is all so exciting, and man, we really appreciate you making time to do this today. I understand you literally just finished uh, practice on the ice and, and made time to take our call, and thank you so much for that, and, and we wish you the oh, no, best of luck. Problem. Thank you. All right, well, good luck in Beijing. Thank you. And you can watch Ian Quinn compete at the speed skating semifinals. And we're counting on the finals. That's on NBC on February 19th. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.